Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codenamed Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we're looking at 16 years of DC animated movies to see which stories are sweet and which ones are sour on yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year Jean-Claude Van Damme's The Quest came out. What is it about? I'm glad you asked. Um, It's about a mysterious martial arts tournament taking place in the mysterious lost city in Tibet in 1925 for some reason and the prize is a golden dragon i remember the quest like very (laughs) vividly right now i don't know why but yes (laughs) yes everything about that as confusing as it was made well does it make sense i'm gonna have to watch this film again because i don't know why but for right now we're going to talk about another dragon i hope it's not the same one he had to get (laughs) As we talk about Batman, Soul of the Dragon, I cannot get the Dragon Ball Z English theme song out of my head <laughs> every single time I talk about this movie. <laughs> Just head banging the entire time you're watching dragon, it. Dragon, rock the dragon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yes, we are going still with our sweet or sour season. This is the penultimate film. We have made travel through every year so far of DC Entertainment that is almost to our timeline as we are in 2021 with Batman Soul of the Dragon. Um, once again, you know, of course, at the 83 minute runtime, he had our boy in the directorial seat once again. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Liu putting in that good, good work for DC Entertainment, DC Animation. But the most important thing of all is that this movie is rated R. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Are you telling me? (laughs) Of all the movies we've seen, this is the (laughs) R-rated movie? This is it. But why? (laughs) There was much worse stuff in the other ones. (laughs) It's because they wanted to give me an opportunity to finally say all the words I wanted to say. Oh, my God. I can finally say ass shit book i can even say my favorite one of all time fart nuggets oh damn (laughs) Uh, like the dragon in this movie shamar is uncaged and ready to go (laughs) yes because that's the plot of today's film we're going to talk about demons dragons and straight up 70s martial arts as Batman takes us in a trip back in time to his early days as we get introduced some, to some great characters, including this cast list here, such as David um, Gentoli. Uh, he's no stranger to grim actions, which is why he's our Bruce Wayne Batman in today's film. Fun fact, did you know he's married to, um, I believe, I 
believe to pronounce it Bitsy Tulak, aka Lois Lane from Superman and Lois. Oh no, I didn't know that, but <laughs> wow, she's Batman and Superman. Impressive. Right? Impressive. Right? Way to go, Tulak. You, you, you're doing good work. <laughs> uh, following up, we got Chris Cox, another great voice actor who's returning once again to DCAMU, but this time as Rip Jagger. Uh, from Dragon Ball Evolution to Sucker Punch to Big Hero 6 and most recently Lovecraft Country. That I feel like that's actually a better upward yeah, there trajectory. You go. There you go. <laughs> I, I gotta be full disclosure, I thought this guy was Rick Flag until like the 40 minute mark. Oh my god, I thought so too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have subtitles on and I thought I heard Rick. And that's <laughs> But I'm I'm I mean I'm glad to see that it was a Rick Flag because ugh, spoilers, he does not have a good life cycle. Um but yeah, for our Dragon Ball Evolution character, uh we have Jamie Chung who's putting her voice acting skills to work once again as Jade Nguyen, aka Cheshire. She does not actually adopt the Cheshire title here in our film today, but that's how we know her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Keaton drops spiders for snakes as this former web slinger shows a rise of Cobra as our villain Jeffrey Burr. No, I work okay, you, you beat me to the joke. You beat me to it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I concede. I'll give it to you. I worked really hard on that one. <laughs> it's three days locked in the room. <laughs> uh, then we have our cast list of villains normally in the DC universe who are now today's reimagined heroes. As we have Kelly Hugh, who moves from China White in the Arrowverse and also as Cheshire in Young Justice to now voice Shiva. And speaking of the Arrowverse, we got Michael J. White, uh, who is once again returning as the Black Samurai, I mean, not Black Samurai, the Bronze Tiger. Can we? All right, look, enough mm. already. <laughs> Give him his movie, all right? Yes. Just put him on the big screen as Bronze Tiger. He's done it in every other medium. Stop playing around. Stop playing with my mans. Make get get white on the screen. That's my petition. I'm bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Get white as the bronze tiger on the big screen. I, I'm yes. tired of waiting. Let's do I, it already. It's like at this point, my, he, I feel like every other iteration of him of bronze tiger doesn't count anymore. He, uh, well, except for the one in Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. Well, yeah, that's a that's, that's good. a good runner up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, following him, we got a ch- the chairman on Iron Chef. Ling from Cradle to the Grave, but today Mark DeCoscos is voicing Richard Dragon. <laughs> Cradle to the Grave. Oh as soon God. as I saw it, I was just like, I have to. For DMX, I have to. Uh, fun fact, the last three people who I mentioned are actual martial artists in real life. They are like, like degree level black belts, like past one level black belt levels. Um, so if you ever see them in the street, don't fuck around or find because you will find out. <laughs> and finally, uh, this one, we're giving our man his flowers today. James Hong, who at the age of 93 is still putting in some hard work. Um, you'll know him as from his breakout role in the new adventures of Charlie Chan. Um, he's in Hawaii. He was in Hawaii Five O, And most recently, you'll remember him from everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, but also, Andrew, you'll remember him as Dao Long from Jackie Chan, uh, the Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also for me, Mr. Ping from the Kung Fu Panda series. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm a, I did like the Kung Fu Panda series. It was very entertaining. 
Uh, but today, James Hong is returning once again to provide us with some wisdom as O-sensei. Yes, yes. And he is very wise. He sounded very wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So now that we got all that information set, it is now time to show you that we may not know karate, but we do know crazy as we boom tube over to the beginning of Batman Soul of the Dragon. So uh, as we start Casino Royale, I, sorry, uh, Soul <laughs> of the Dragon, um, we see that there's a high stakes card game going on. Um, but neither of the people in the card game are what the real focus is. The focus is actually the waiter who stealthily uh, stole some fingerprints to access a secret room within it. And uh, once he's in there, he gets to a safe, sneaks some picks, and uh, he's having a pretty good time. Except there's something that is a problem, which is there are guards, and all he has is, is an apple as a weapon. What is this mysterious character going to do? Well, it does seem like he's unable to finish his apple because he decides to open up a can of whoop-ass. He is just basically handling business, so he is able to escape right before he sees one guy from somewhere pull a grenade. Out of his suit. This guy right here, zero to 60. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Like, he was like, oh, uh, maybe I'll use a knife. No, he's gonna, he's willing to die. <laughs> um, he reminded me of that dude from um the tiger or the leopard dude, tiger, leopard, the one from Static Shock that just oh, had yes. bombs already set. <laughs> yeah, so many, so many sticks of TNT. Like, where the hell? <laughs> but the mysterious stranger, he's able to kick out the grenade. Right back into uh, the the regular goons um, or henchmen. I gotta go back to She-Hulk to figure out if he's a goon or a henchman, believes in the cause or not. <laughs> and the mysterious waiter character lands on a boat, smooth as hell. And a couple of ladies are like, "Hey, who are you?" And he's like, "I'm Dragon, Richard Dragon." And then we cut to the Bond opening. <laughs> Sorry, again, we cut to the Soul of the Dragon opening sequence. <laughs> um, and now that we've met Richard Dragon, it's time for us to meet this movie's villain. So, yes, we see a mysterious man who is dressed in all white. Um, you, you know that he does it. He's up to no good because when you're dressed in all white and none of it is dirty, he, you know that you're well removed from anything. But basically, this man is walking down a long hallway and he tells them that um tells the guards at the door that he's looking to meet with um Mr. Burr who is our villain of today as we as he enters the space we hear again because it is rated R we can finally say this uh Mr. Burr pays for it mm-hmm. um so as things are clearing up the man in white he tells Burr that you know he wants to be in the room where it happens I, I, I'm sorry. I had to make the yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but he does tell him that apparently their um pl- plan has been revealed. Someone has broken into their study and found information about the gate. So as this woman is preparing to leave, Burr gives her some money. She steps into the next room where she is locked in a basically kind of like a zoo cage. 
And as she's freaking out, telling him that, hey, you know, I got more clients for tonight. He's just sitting by and watching all of this as she's frantically going crazy as he presses a button. And two things happen. One, snakes come out from the random holes in the ground as they make their way over to this woman. And two, he opens up a jar. And in that jar is a live mouse that he takes and consumes. Yeah. Um, I was hoping at some point we would explain this. It it doesn't really get explained Mm-mm. at all later. And in fact, it's going to be... <laughs> Gonna be part of a plot hole later. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's our villain. Um, motivations: we just know he's looking for a gate of some sorts, and that he eats mice. Um, that's it. He's a uh, very very much an advanced bodega cat from the city, uh, essentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's... so now that that's out of the way. <laughs> Um, we get to a club in what we soon find out is Gotham City, and we meet up with our man Drek, who immediately is trying to get into this club, but the bartender is not willing. The bouncer is not willing to let him in. The bouncer is so dedicated to to his job that he leaves his post. To try to kick Dragon's ass. And I'm like, bro, you have one job and you just left it. <laughs> but cleverly, Dragon locks him away in a gate. Um, doesn't even fight him because it'll probably be a slaughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we move on to another character introduction. Yes, we finally get to meet Batman, the, the person in the title of our film today. Or rather, Bruce Wayne. Um, it seems like Bruce Wayne has adopted his 70s style hairstyle very strongly in this one as he's talking to um, a woman and in continuity comics wise her name is Silver St. Cloud is another one one of Bruce's many love interests who you know he thought about marrying Um, and it seems like they're having a conversation the breaking point conversation in which he has to decide am I going to you know, take this step into becoming, um, you know, entering society as a as a man who doesn't have this dedicated mission to Gotham, you know, have a life, have a wife and family, or am I just going to don my cowl once again to be, um, to be vengeance? And of course he chooses vengeance. So this causes her to leave. And this is the last time we see her. I had a yeah. lot of issues with this one. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you didn't want any follow-up on this plot whatsoever because you're yeah. not getting <laughs> not at all. In fact, if you want more about this plot, please go watch Gotham. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so now that uh, Batman is single and ready to mingle, uh, Richard Dragon <laughs> shows up. And as they're, it's clear they know each other. And after a few minutes of conversation... <sighs> Here he go. <laughs> Richard Dragon triggers one of many flashbacks we'll be seeing in this movie (laughs) and if anyone has seen our green lantern review you know exactly how we feel about random flashbacks around here Mm -hmm. um and this does not change my mind but 
we'll cover them all. So we flash back <laughs> to Nanda Parbat, uh, you know, classic assassins, League of Assassins training ground and many, um, many versions of the DC universe. But here, um, when Batman gets there after banging on a big door, uh, he's greeted by O-sensei, who seemingly kept him waiting out there for no particular reason, except he was just bored that day. And <laughs> I do feel like <laughs> Batman could have given him a bit more wait time because he kept knocking every second. And I was just like, what if there are multiple floors to this building? What if O-sensei was naked and had to grab a robe that he couldn't find? Batman, have some patience, please. Yeah, he he's not a very patient Batman in this version. <laughs> yeah, so they get in, and then we get a lineup of all of O-sensei's students. We get Shiva, who's cutting reeds, Ben Turner slash Bronze Tiger, who's trying to control his temper, Jade, um, who's just there, and um, <laughs> uh, Rip... Rip, what was his name? It's not uh, Rip Flag. No, no, it is Rip Jagger. He's got the moves like Jagger in this one. Um, as he is practicing some, it looks like it started out first slow, like Tai Chi, and then immediately turned aggressive. Um, and then finally, we get the reveal of of um, Richard Dragon here, who is the first person we get introduced to. Um, he has a buzz cut in this one. My man's hair was so low, and. <laughs> It seems like he has been the the part that I was very confused about was that um when Bruce points out Richard, Oh Sensei's like, Oh right, I forgot about him. He's been here for so long that I forgot about him. And I was just like, What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> if anything, you should remember him the most. Right. <laughs> and he's also in addition to being shady about him, he's also shady about another big door. Um and they're also, it was like a sunny oasis, but they're on top of a mountain, I think. Did they ever really get into the why that is or um I don't think so, but I'm just gonna put this one on global warming. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean it was right. the seventies, it probably doesn't make too much sense. But you know what? There's a lot of hairspray that was in right. there from all right. that hair. So I'm I'm assuming global warming. That's uh yeah, that's what they're doing. Um <laughs> so we flash back to the present and um, here we have some really subtle dialogue where Bruce says, aren't you some globe trotting super spy, Richard dragon? Um, <laughs> giving me real suicide squad. This is Katana energy. Um, <laughs> so dragon wants some help with this gate fiasco, but Bruce doesn't want to do this. Uh, he wants to focus on his own city. And I do like this aspect of he controls this nightclub, mm-hmm. um, so he can overhear local criminal conversations. I think that's smart. That I'd like to see that in more iterations of Batman. Um, but, you know, right now, it doesn't look like they have much time to talk because the Foot Clan just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I thought it was Raiden and Sub-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, they are demanding um for Richard Dragon to come out as they are attacking everything. And this is where uh, Bruce and Richard, they decide to team up here to save Bruce's club mostly. And it's a great battle. Another great se- sequence of action scenes here. Um, 
And this is really just because the animation was done by uh, MRI Studios. Sorry, not MRI, MIR, <laughs> MIR <laughs> Animation, um, who you'll know their work from like um, Leg uh, Legend of Korra, Avatar, Dragon Prince. So that's why I feel like the animation was just seemed so, so smooth. Um, so you got to see everything. You got to see Bones Broken, which has earned this rated R rating and everything. Uh, but then Bruce decides, you know what, this is a waste of time because things are happening and I need to shut this down because the insurance on this place is not going to cover, you know, it being attacked by like Raiden and Sub-Zero. So he heads off um, to his office, turns out the lights and uses the darkness to his advantage as the Batman. Yeah. And you know what? I would have really gave this scene a 10 out of 10. If not for the fact that in the middle of the fight, as Bruce is getting kicked over, they start another five-minute flashback <laughs> in the middle of the fight. <laughs> Where I, I, bl I blanked that flashback out of my mind. <laughs> oh, I've, count I've counted every single one. <laughs> um, so in the middle of this fight, um, the... O-sensei says, hey, everybody, all his students, try and break this rock. Um, and all of them try to break the rock. Some people give it give up ease quicker than others. Um, but you see, eventually, it's just Bruce and Dragon left punching this rock. Their, their hands are bloody. Um, and Dragon turns in. And that's when O-sensei comes in. And he's like, oh, he's still at it, huh? And Bruce is like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Keep going. And Osensei goes, well, I said try to break the rock. Not that you were going to break the rock. The one thing I hate the most, <laughs> besides flashbacks, is semantics. Damn you, Osensei. <laughs> so savage. <laughs> um, but, I mean, what the scene does well, I'll say, is it does show that this is a very early career, impatient, impulsive, angry Batman that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, he still doesn't have it all in check and all figured out. Um, but also he's just is oh sensei is a master of trolling. Um <laughs> so now, now that we've gotten through the flashback that really needed to happen then, I suppose, we're back to Batman um debuting and fighting some ninjas. Yeah, they and it's they quickly take down the the ninjas here, and something happens in which uh one of them, one of the one of the ninjas does alert uh Richard and Bruce to what could be the next step, which is for them to go get this sword, a sword that is currently being held by another one of their comrades, Shiva. Um, so as they're heading on over, Bruce and Richard, they get into a car. Bruce has changed out of his Batman costume. And this leads into a conversation where Richard's asking, like, yo, um, can you explain to me why you're dressed up like this? Like, why you felt you need to leave this fight when I was getting my ass beat real quick to go suit up? And Bruce tells him that it's a way for him to keep his identities separated. You know, he... um it's I'm kind of glad where we don't get this sense of like this strong um, dialogue from Bruce about his duty to Gotham as much. It's like very 
it's just implied. It's just like, I'm doing this for my parents. And I think it's because of the fact that it seems to be an understanding, um, which we'll talk about because this does come up in one of the many, many flashbacks <laughs> and the reason why Bruce is learning alongside them. But as they're driving over to Chinatown, did not know. Oh, oh wait, no, actually, take that back. I was going to say, I didn't know that Gotham had a Chinatown, but we were introduced to it in um, Batman The Long Halloween. Oh, yes, yes. So um, so as they're driving over to Chinatown to go meet up with Shiva, since uh, apparently she has a sword, uh, we get to see what's happening alongside our villains of the movie as the man in white, um, I believe I'm going to mispronounce his name so terribly, um, Schlagenfaust, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, fun fact is actually translated to snake fist. Uh, so going along with the motif of these cobras, because it's the cobra gang. Um, so as he's in the club, he's letting his employer um, Bird know once again that like they're heading for the sword. They know where it's at, and also the the ninjas failed. So Bird tells him. Well, dispose of them, show them how um, how displeased I am with their progress and their work. And it's shown here that it seems that um, Snake Fist here killed every single one of the the ninjas that were hired by Burr. Hey, um, why not send him in the first right. place? Right. Like, couldn't you have saved yourself a lot of trouble if he's doing... <laughs> If he's killing an entire gang of dudes by himself, I'm pretty sure he could have killed the two dudes you wanted dead. At that time, only one dude. You were only sending him to kill one dude. What? Why right. go through all this trouble? This, anyway. The snake fist probably has like a has like a base price. Yeah, <laughs> I I figure like pay the overtime. I think it's worth it. <laughs> um, there's also a very confusing joke where Berg jokes like, "We got a new recruit to the organization. I hate his movies, but we need the money." So, who was? Are they taking shots at somebody? I. I wasn't quite sure what this was referring to at all. Mm. Like, it felt specific, but at the same time. It's like, who was this man? <laughs> who was blowing up in the 70s? <laughs> right? There, more questions than answers. And speaking <laughs> of more questions than answers, I was questioning why we had yet another flashback um, when we see that Shiva was given this sword because... It should be guarded by the one who chooses life. Okay, Shiva. <laughs> um, I mean, more like and, the end of life when it comes to Shiva. Jeez. Right. And for no discernible reason at all, Jade decides to start to stir up the pot about who should deserve this real sword. And she doesn't nominate herself. She asks Rip to go and fight Shiva, so they do. Don't ask the logic of that because they're not going to explain that either. Just wanted to get rid of the competition, you know. It's just like it was a, it was a white boy thing. She was just like, let me just take him out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, at first, you could kind of see on Rip's face, he's just like, "Yo, why, why are you throwing me in here?" But eventually, it does seem that he does want the smoke, um, because as he gets up to see if he could win the sword, this is where Old Sensei sets the rules. And, um, you know, I think these rules are crazier than the rules that Andrew sets up for um, for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> close, close, close. OK, so the rule is, is that if 
Rip wins, he does earn the right to hold and wield the sword, which um we learn is Soulbreaker. It's it's like a Miramasa type sword. Um, very if you've heard about like the Soul Taker that's wielded by Katana, but this one Soulbreaker um is awesome sword, awesome sword. I would I would don't even blame him for trying to fight for it. But the other rule is is that Lady Shiva can. Um, she can fight as well, but she only can use one single finger to defend herself. You know, it's shocking when you hear this, but um, when you see how Shiva puts that finger to use, damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's impressive. Like, Mm -hmm. pressure point techniques, Mm -hmm. defense blocking, she completely devastates um she rip with this uh in this fight um and after we've seen her win the sword back in the respect of everybody we see now she's the head of crime in Chinatown and in a in one of these movies the movies flashes of brilliance Rad- Richard Dragon is like she's the head of crime in Chinatown why haven't you taken her down yet and Bruce is like I'm working up to it and so you know it's it's a cool little Cool little moment um, of like, you know, Bruce's. How does Bruce cope with people who he's friends with that are also criminals? Right. But no time for that because we have to repeat the scene we've just seen because after discount dum dum Dugan cheats at <laughs> Fight Club. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> right. He yes. Has to- the bowler yes, a plus the a plus joke that's yeah. it we're done we're done with this podcast that was all right that see wins. you guys later <laughs> that's it yeah so after he cheats she was like hey i don't like when you cheat at fight club so um yeah she just goes into the ring and um straight up murders this dude mm-hmm. barehanded yeah um yeah, so number one, number two rule at Fight Club, don't cheat, because apparently Shiva will come through and not only show how trash your skills are, but she will also stab you with her hands. She legit took her hands and plunged them into this man's sides and then also into this man's throat, um, leaving him there bleeding out on the ground. While Richard and Bruce just watch in awe and, you know, just kind of walk up to her and be like, yo, Shiva, it's been a minute. Please don't kill me with your deadly hands. But um, before they can actually get up close to her, she takes out some throwing stars and throws it into her direction. But luckily for them, she's actually aiming for the two targets that were behind them planning to kill them. Yeah, and it's great that she saved them. Not so great that in this conversation, Dragon casually mm-hmm. reveals that Bruce is Batman to <laughs> Shiva. Um, so good luck keeping that on lid on that. So the sword gets stolen in all the chaos. So this starts a huge car chase. Um, some highlights of the car chase right away. The GCPD just shoot at everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Every, everyone in the chase can get a full <laughs> bullet to the neck. You could be going in the opposite direction of this highway. You will get shot by the GCPD. <laughs> and my favorite part of this chase, though, is that Shiva looks down at a button in the Batmobile. 
And Bruce is like, are you going to do what you th- I think you're doing? Because Shiva somehow knew this was an ejecto seat cuz kind of situation <laughs> and used the seat to rocket boost herself to another highway at the exact time and speed she needed to catch up to the villains? <laughs> what? Why? Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> in further breaking logic skills, um, Batman shows once again that Dominic Toretto is the true teacher of driving in the DC universe as Richard asks, you know, where is there another on-ramp that we can get to to get to the same level that they're on? And he's like, yeah, through a cliff. And he drives over a cliff to somehow in a scene that will make Homer Simpson proud makes it onto the onto the onto the highway once again to continue the chase unfortunately though with all these surprising efforts um there is a helicopter being operated by another one of our villains here this is lady eve she was one of the um the guards outside the jeffrey burr's built um room earlier in the film she's able to get to connect the uh use a giant magnet um I have no questions about this, except that, you know, this is clear. This is Warner Brothers at work where they use a giant magnet from the helicopter to take the car that's being driven with the sword and fly the car away with this helicopter. So, yeah, we're just stealing everything from Fast and Furious because that's that's mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's fate of the furious. Mm-hmm. Um, so once this happens, they say, hey, you know who we need, Ben? So what they're really saying is we need another flashback. Um, <laughs> I will give credit. This is probably the best flashback of the movie. Um, ben and Ben and Bruce have a fight for absolutely no reason. Um, um, I'm sorry. What do you mean for no reason? Bruce stole the last bit of rice. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That plain ass oh sensei <laughs> rice that you know had no seasonings or nothing. Um, right. You know, he stole the last bit of rice. Um, okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. It, but the fight starts for the uh, it's, it's silly reason. It's rice. It's it's just rice. And um, this sparks a conversation where Ben's like, you think we should have sympathy for Bruce just because mom and daddy would kill people die every day, B, in my neighborhood. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, Ben? I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I think this this was like every I as as I was watching this, it made me realize that one scene that had a flashback in my own life to watching Everybody Hates Chris, where he reveals that like the reason why his dad loves the Rocky movie, the very first one, is because a black man beat up a privileged white man. Yeah. And this was the same feeling. I am not gonna lie. As it wasn't the best flashback, it wasn't necessary, but it it was it was perfect in my book. <laughs> oh my uh, yeah, because uh yeah, things escalate and Ben just beats the bricks off of Bruce Wayne. I mean, god damn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Bruce kept getting up. I don't know if it was because out of pure determination, whether it's he didn't hear no bell, but I'm pretty sure he was deaf at this point because the way that <laughs> Bronze Tiger was whooping him. Ooh, jeez. 
I'm he ain't pretty boy no more. <laughs> no, and I love the quote of Bronze Tiger. I ain't never turned down a chance to whip someone's ass. <laughs> and he beats Bruce so bad that he starts respecting him. <laughs> I I have never seen someone get beat so bad that you earned respect. <laughs> also, another thing, I feel like this was gang initiation. I'm sorry. I'm just going to yeah. say what it is. Yeah. So this is my favorite flashback because somehow they gain mutual respect for each other. It's just silly and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So in present day, uh, Ben's at a, he's running a martial arts academy. He's trying to inspire kids in his own way when uh, his old crew pulls up. And instead of like nicely telling him what's going on, <laughs> Shiva throws a damn sword in his face that, of course, <laughs> he catches, but... You could just use your words. <laughs> oh, and because it's been a minute, uh, we go to another flashback. Yeah. <laughs> um, this time around, we see that the entire crew um, has come together. They're in bed. They're they're talking about what's behind that gate and every single. Oh, I, I, wait, I'm sorry. They all sleep in the same bedroom. Did we or did oh, we skip yeah. over that? <laughs> But as they're talking, they're talking about, um, you know, what they think is behind the door. Some people are saying, like, maybe it's a maybe it's like a scroll that, or a, a martial arts skill that's being hidden away for all this time. I love Ben's logic about it. He's like, yo, I bet it's a spa, like a full on relaxation spa to get his ultimate Zen on. And Bruce, of course, has to be the downer that he is and just says, no, it's a distraction. Y'all need to get some sleep. Otherwise, we're not going to be ready for our our like, training the following day. But uh, some people don't take that advice and they hear a scream. And in a very zero to 60 moment, it turns out that Rip has been a spy this entire time and killed Jade. Um because killing Jade is the only way you can open up the door O-sensei was shady about. Ignore all the comparisons to Shang-Chi we're about to make, because the rest of this movie is basically the plot of Shang-Chi. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> down to a T, guys. So we're not, we're going to acknowledge it now. Um, so the door opens up, and some, a few snake dragons come out, and Osente comes out and says, you guys have trained for this. Really? Y'all trained to fight snake dragons? Also, this was not in the job description whatsoever. <laughs> like, at least allude to it. <laughs> oh, and did we mention that in this continuity, everybody kills? Oh, yeah. Batman was breaking necks. Um, it is clear <laughs> that he does not have his vow. Like he said, I- I'm assuming that it's like, we will kill, but not by guns. I think that's the bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we find out that there is a um Rip is a part of the same Cobra gang from back, but like a further back in time. Um, he believes that behind this door there is a god that will grant them a new world order for especially for those who follow them. Oh, Sensei is like, nah, it is not a god, it's a demon who is looking to destroy the earth, and he's looking for an earthly avatar. And uh, Rip is like, you know, and that will be me. And as he opens the doors, um, it is not him at all because we see the 
I think Andrew, you reminded me of this, this, this core memory of mine. But that ad for Red the Snakes, um, just <laughs> or just telling you to do bad things. Yeah, they make a return as they immediately eat Rip Jagger here, leading to everybody um trying to kill these like snake humanoid anthropomorphic creatures as oh sensei is just walking through the crowd yeah i mean dragon curb stomped yes <laughs> like a yes snake. i am glad that we saw that because that is why this movie is rated r you do not just add the curb stomp in the movie and just expect to get away with that <laughs> yeah so and oh sensei um reveals that to close the door um, you have to, a soul has to stay behind. So he agrees to stay on the other side of Kingdom Hearts to uh, make sure the door stays closed to darkness. And um, uh, in the funniest part of this movie for me personally, he does this very dignified. He says, everybody stick together, believe in yourselves, believe in the power of the cards. And... Um, when the door closes, he screams. <laughs> he screams. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, he did this very dignified, but he ends up screaming in the end. Um, so now hard cut back to the present um, where we, we know the cult leader, um, Burr, is on his way to open this gate again, try to open the gate again. Um, and he has brought a crate of children, even though he literally needs one to open the door. He brought a crate of children. Um, and instead of any of the, you know, other people he had could have easily kidnapped before. Anyway, um, <laughs> even one of his disciples. Like, right. Like, right. I mean, again, henchman goon conversation. Not one of y'all were willing to sacrifice yourselves for the yeah. cause. Come it's on. A, it's a crate of children. I mean. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they got to catch up. So they're on a plane now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and this is where we get, fortunately, not another flashback. At least it wasn't really a flashback. It was Ben telling his story about how he's been chasing after the Cobra gang this entire time. Um, Apparently, like Batman, after leaving the Nanda Parbet, he has some aggression to work through. So he decided to become um, a vigilante dressed up with a yellow shirt and blue jeans. Um, you know, I think in the, he decided to go on this like cross international journey of taking down Cobra Gang by Cobra Gang. And he eventually earned the title, the name that struck fear in the hearts of many as, um, as power. Man. I mean, uh, Black Samurai as uh, no, that's not it either, because that was a bit of a joke that <laughs> Richard Dragon tried to throw in. He finally reveals that he earned the name Bronze Tiger, which won the respect of Bruce, Richard and Shiva. I'm assuming because it was the least racist name of all. Yeah, because he looked like Luke Cage. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I. Uh, like you know in this entire flashback for some reason i was like i didn't believe him (laughs) (laughs) you sit on the throne of lies ben (laughs) he's trying to tell me he single-handedly fought fought every cult member in the snake cult by himself when it clearly (laughs) took batman like 
Batman and Richard Dragon working together while Batman was wearing the full suit? You telling me you would have pair of claws did all this? I don't know. Um, but he's eventually revealed that he had a chance years ago to kill Jeffrey Burr because he knew he was going to be the next coming of the snake god. But he was a kid, so he decided not to do that. Um, and Shiva is pretty mad. He's like, she's like classic. She goes a classic like, if Hitler was a baby, I would have killed him. But, you know, can't cry over spilled Hitlers here because right now they got a parachute onto the island. And uh, Batman's just in his suit. When he's standing next to everybody else, it's just funny that he's just in the bat suit because he spends so little time in the bat suit in this movie. Right. Um, That uh, we'll get to that later. But, yep, they land on the Snake Island and they got to deal with the Snake Hands McGee. Or whatever his real name was. <laughs> Schlagenfaust. I'm still <laughs> practicing it. I think I got close. <laughs> um, so yeah, as Snake Fist here um decides to take on our team of of you know this rogue rogue ones here, um it's revealed that he's actually one of the servants of naga because it's revealed that when he takes off his gloves that his hands are actual snakes um what's worse is that if you cut his hands like hydra two more will appear in his place as one of the snakes the his actual hand that's his um dismembered hand grows into a full life a live snake once again so now our heroes need to figure out what's the best course of action realizing they can't use blades so this leads into batman and ben saying that they'll stay behind to take on the two villains here while shiva and richard head on up to stop burr from killing one of the many many kids that he has in the crate yeah so um i okay these fights um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Shiva decides to take on a female henchwoman, henchwoman um, because her look offends her. I, I don't know if that was like a racist thing. I think it was. I think okay. it was. Just that, I was for context, it was a blonde, blue-eyed woman. And she was she was it was Lady Eve. If you'll see her in the in this movie, it I, I don't know if the point of it was that because Lady Eve was kind of dressed in a um I think she actually had an attire that was very similar to what Lady Shiva would wear in comics. So I don't know if that was the that was the plan with where they were going, but it was very weird. Very weird yeah. nonetheless. It was very uh very obscure reference there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dragon fights King Snake. Uh I know this cutting comic section, but is there a King Snake who fights blind in the comics? Just No, no there is not. Nope. Nope. This is a straight up ripoff of Daredevil. <laughs> I'm gonna say man use a scarf and all. I have no idea why. I have no I as far as I can tell, as far as I can find, King Snake has never had his eyes covered. Because okay, so we can cut to this one really quick because this is the stupidest fight of them all. Because King (laughs) Snake is fighting with his eyes covered for an inexplicable reason, and he is actually winning against Dragon until Dragon realizes. Hey, if he hears by, if he's just basing me off by sound, why don't I throw a bunch of pebbles around here? Which immediately is like, if this guy can see, which it's never made clear if he can or not, if he can, 
why not take the blindfold off? If he can't, how has he not learned how to cope with this dis- very obvious disadvantage in battle? This is a huge, glaring weak spot that anybody can exploit who has a brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I have no answer for you here. Um, because, and clearly, King Snake did not have an answer for how badly he would then lose from all these pebbles. Um, so, but I will talk about uh, even just as great of a fight where we have Lady Eve and Lady Shiva who are um, going back and forth. That she once again also kills uh, Lady Eve by using her bare hands to stab her through the guts. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who her manicurist is, but that one, that person needs to be paid double, at least. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in the cave, um, Batman and Ben are losing against um, Schlagenfaust. I think I'm getting better at this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're losing against Schlagenfaust and the um, the other snake person. So Batman decides that he's running out of tricks. So he pulls out some mace. And Ben is like, wait, I'm sorry. Are you going to try to mace them to death? Which Batman says, there's nothing else we can do. And Ben sees off in the distance that there are torches. Um, who lit these torches? We do not know. Uh, but he grabs one, and as the um, our villains are making are leaping their way to for the final blow, this is when Ben takes the mace and puts it in behind the the torch and yells out, "Burn, baby, burn!" How strong is this mace? Because this fireball. <laughs> was approximately a core of the power of the sun. Um, so Snake Man's gone now. Don't worry about him. And so now all the fighters are free to corner Burr. And um, Cobra Commander, he has a very brief speech um, where he's like, oh, man, I was a kid. My whole life was led up to this. Um, that's as much character development you're getting because he immediately unalives himself to open the door. <laughs> like, yeah. immediately. Tries nothing else. <laughs> also, like, fun fact, y'all. Um, read the full instructions because <laughs> upon doing so, he was here thinking, oh, yeah, I'll become a god and, you know, turn, you know, be taken in by Naga. That is not the case because this sword burned him to a crisp. <laughs> Yeah, worse than the mace guy just got it. <laughs> um, and after uh, his soul is taken and the door is opened to the most obvious plot yeah. point that was going to happen in this movie, Osente comes out, obviously possessed by the evil person. I knew that was going to happen as soon as they, he walked into the door, mm-hmm. but they pretend it's a surprise. He 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 immediately just gives everybody the business at once. Um and I still want to looks... say that his his hits were so powerful that every time he, he landed a hit on somebody, their clothes exploded. Yes. <laughs> it was like Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It, it nobody had a chance. Um until Batman comes in because there's no killing there's a no no kill here. Uh, Batman comes in, uses his cape, and breaks O-sensei's neck. And then the movie's over, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, shout out to capes. You know, we, we used to give them bad rap, 
and the mold was telling us that like it's terrible they lead to death well it looks like it led to death in this case for the good side but not quite because O sensei reveals that he is a, basically an action figure as he places his head back into proper alignment um i don't know whose chiropractor is but that person again along with the manicurist needs a raise Yep, and he immediately kicks Batman around, um, leaving with everybody else down. Dragon rises to the challenge. Uh, it is now revealed that Dragon was always the intended target. He wanted someone strong enough for to hold his soul, the evil guy. So, um, and Dragon's a choice. And Dragon's like, if I'm strong enough to do that, I'm strong enough to kick your ass. Basically, is what he says. I'm paraphrasing only slightly. Yeah, I think um, this was also stolen from um, Supernatural season five. Actually, I I think this movie stole from a lot of things. Actually, so I'm not <laughs> surprised. Um, and at this point, um, Dragon and the Evil Spirit release their animalities, um, and fight each other. And this was the point where I went, "Why is this a Batman movie?" Thank you. Yes. <laughs> because it came down to these two. <laughs> um, so yes, as we see um Double Dragon, the re the reboot here happening here. Um Batman realizes that Dra- Richard Dragon is in trouble because Osensei slash Naga decides to send out his dark essence. Batman takes the um Soulbreaker, the Miramasa Blade, and throws it over. Uh, first off, actually, he throws some smoke bombs and then alerts Richard that he's planning to throw the blade over. Again, this is something I actually have a real issue with. Don't announce the plan as the plan is being enacted. Like, <laughs> fortunately, because of plot armor, Richard does catch the sword in time and he stabs Old Sensei, um, finally defeating Naga as Naga's spirit or soul flies through the doors that from the gate. To and leaving the soul of O Sensei to finally say goodbye to his um his students. Yeah, he dies again. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, uh he says everybody come in, hold my hand one last time. Batman doesn't for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. Um, but he also knows that it's Batman too, like Bruce is Batman. I think that's the funniest thing of all. <laughs> oh yeah, he never even questions that. Like, never did. <laughs> nor does it give him Batman much advantage, except he throws a few smoke bombs, which he could have done out of costume. Right. Um, Thank. Yes. Oh, I have. Mm, <laughs> mm, I have so much to say. Um, about <laughs> so yeah. So now that O Sensei is dead. The Naga has been dispelled and his soul has been sent through the door. For some reason, this particular time, Naga's soul does not trigger the condition of a soul to close the door. I'm not quite sure what that was about. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Batman decides to go in. And um, in a joke I did, I, uh, I did chuckle at, Ben walks in and says, hey, where's white rice? And <laughs> <laughs> referring to Batman. Um and the four of them decide to just go through Kingdom Hearts together mm-hmm. with no exit strategy. Yeah. I mean, you say Kingdom Hearts, I was thinking of um, Jet Li's The One. Oh, <laughs> where, yeah. <laughs> where they're now trapped on the other side to fight demons for all eternity. 
Um, and that's how our movie ends um, with our heroes who save the world now fighting to this, taking the fight to the home front. And that's Batman Soul of the Dragon. Our credits are rolling. So now it's time for us to decide whether or not this is sweet or sour. But before we do so, um, Andrew and I are going to go try to sign up for either um, Miyagi-Do, Eagle Fang, or Cobra Kai. So while we do that, here's a podcast from the Forgotten Entertainment family. You should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. like beer do you like podcasts do you like beer podcasts then check out cracking one open a podcast about brews news and pop culture reviews every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country and sometimes the world we'll talk about how it was made what's in it the history of the brew and the brewery then we'll give our tasting notes and while we're finishing up we'll talk about some of the latest goings on in the world of pop culture so check out cracking one open with mike and elise part of the forgotten entertainment family Batman Soul of the Dragon, this 2021 movie outside. This was a movie that would that came out after um our discussions of the original uh, from our first season, the DC AMU films, approximately one year later. Is this movie as sweet as maybe um one of the drinks being ordered from the beginning of our Casino Royale here? <laughs> Or is it more sour than probably Shiva's hands must be after stabbing three people in the neck and body barehanded? Uh, well, call Shiva in from the other room and have her show these hands because my <laughs> goodness gracious, this is a sour offering for me. Here, we, you know, we pointed out a lot of problems with this movie, principal among them. Batman is hardly in this. Um, and, you know, I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind a story every once in a while to focus on another character. But he is in it so little. And I'm specifically talking about Batman. Bruce is in this movie for the majority. Mm-hmm. But Batman himself is so is in this for such a portion of the movie and it has absolutely no bearing on the outcome of events that I was truly baffled as to why <laughs> you even called this a Batman movie. Right. When you gave some the tiniest of lip service to Batman. I have seen episodes of Justice League Unlimited that gave Batman more screen time and they are only 20 minutes. I mean, like, I I was baffled as to why this was a Batman movie. Uh, secondly, why is this in the 70s? Why? <laughs> the movie set in the 70s, I thought, as we saw with movies like Red Sun, um, we've seen in uh God damn it, that the the Batman future movie we watched oh batman unlimited monster mayhem yep yep (laughs) sure uh for better or for worse those movies at least justified the time period they were in Mm -hmm. i have no idea why this was set in the 70s (laughs) i was truly baffled at why we were here in the 70s It, it didn't factor into the plot whatsoever if you were trying to go for a james bond thing i i don't know what that helped Again, I think this could have been the same outcome in any era. 
I, I missed that there was no Alfred in this movie for some mm. reason. Like a half an hour in, I realized where's Alfred? Um, underdeveloped villain. You know, he eats a mouse. We don't know what that's about. Like still by the end of the movie, uh, why he's eating the mouse and he's usurped by another generic behind the demon door villain. But um, yeah, last but not least, the entire movie to work for me, for story-wise, you know, fight scenes are great. They're fun. Mm-hmm. But story-wise, you need to care about Richard Dragon's personal growth. And in the 1800 flashbacks that they showcase, they never <laughs> once gave us insight into what brought Richard Dragon there to train in the first place. Why is he mm. so dedicated? We never got any insight. So I think why I'm declaring this a sour ultimately can be summed up in one line from O Sensei. He's been here so long, I forgot that he was here. <laughs> That is my closing argument, Your Honor. What do you think? <laughs> Sweet and sour for you. You know, I, I I agree with you on every aspect of why it's sour. But I'm giving this a sweet because I actually had a good time watching this movie. <laughs> it is. I think the reason why is because eventually I just stopped caring. I stopped caring <laughs> about it. And I was just like. I'm not looking for depth here. This is clearly, this is definitely one of those like 70s kung fu films where it's just like nothing will ever make sense. We are here just to enjoy the crap out of some fight scenes. That is just it. And I think that's why for me it does range into sweet. Um, I agree. Numbers of flashbacks, again, so annoying. Um, because some of this stuff could have just been like I, I didn't think we needed the uh, you know, like the the reason why Shiva had the blade, we could have just said that she had the blade. I will always say though to hold on to that scene where Bruce Wayne is getting beat up by Ben Turner because that is a that's that's up there for me right now. That that's a flashback that was needed. Don't change it. Don't change it. Please don't. Um also the most important thing of all, the reason why for me it was also the some sour moment of it. Silver Saint Cloud had no purpose in this film. To introduce her and then have her leave was just ridiculous um, because she, again, had no no connection to the plot. But the thing that made it sweet for me is that, like, it's something that I always say that, like, Batman lives in this because of the fact that literally every single person does a Batman movie. You cannot go through time except for before Batman was actually created where you don't have a where some we don't have like a defining Batman movie of our generations. But the big thing about that is that every single person has developed a world around Batman and getting an opportunity to see these characters is the one of the reasons why I was just like it's a, it's a sweet film for me because it's like we're introducing these characters people. Now, it wasn't the best introduction, but it's it's, it's enough. It's enough for like, you know, um Prior to this, it's hardly any Richard Dragon content. You know, Ben, he does have Arrow and a couple other shows um, in which he had like one shot things. But this, as far as we know, besides Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, he hasn't been in any really other movies. And Lady Shiva, you get most of her connection in more recent content. Um, so to finally get an opportunity where it's just like you get something focused in on them. 
um, you know, I, I did appreciate that because again, the greatest thing about Batman is never Batman. It's about the world that has been built around him. And that's why today I have an Arte alteration by comic oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> yep. Get rid of Batman entirely. Like the bat suit. Keep Bruce Wayne. Don't include any information about the bat suit. I would have I think that like the cool thing about this, because you mentioned it where it's just like everybody's getting all this like these weapons bruce basically has the same thing but rich is just like you need to don the suit because it brings you into a new kind of space he didn't have anything else to add like he could have just easily easily just held the smoke bombs bring a fanny pack bro but i think if you take away the bat suit this was a good film for me where it's just like you finally took away batman and just focused in on bruce wayne and I think would have been cool is if at the end of it, maybe see like where from hearing the story of how Bronze Tiger or Ben adopted this identity of Bronze Tiger to then inflict the the fear and whatnot into the in, into these gangs, maybe he decides, you know what, I need something like that, and that's what pushes him to finally don the bat suit. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that is a really sticking point because. They brought up some interesting ideas about, you know, the classic, he can't separate his life. Mm-hmm. They brought up the fear thing. But it was so funny seeing Batman is like, you know, they had a line about Batman using fear when both Ben Turner and Shiva are immensely scarier than him in mm-hmm. just their regular outfits. Yeah. So I agree. I think if you take out, if he's not Batman in this movie, um, I th- and he's building up to becoming Batman. Uh, I think it it would work better, or if this was kind of a year one sort of story where he was yeah. still, because it he feels very much year one Batman in this, mm-hmm. but his actions really don't. He does not do anything more terrible than the rest of his compatriots. I mean, even he doesn't burn the snake man directly he doesn't even really kill o sensei even though that wouldn't have been a bad thing to do at the time either Mm -hmm. so the fact that he's not doing anything worse than the rest of them i wondered what was the point so there was really no contrast so i think my my main rj alteration is even if if you kept kept the batman just i want to see a contrast between bruce and the rest of them because he feels like the same person they yeah. all seem to be doing well financially. They all seem to be doing their own individual hero quests. There was really no juxtaposition. And they all kill, so it really doesn't matter. So give me something that shows me that Bruce is different from these other people. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can vibe with it more, but they just all kind of blended into each other. Especially Richard Dragon, who should have been the most interesting but became more bland as the runtime went on, which I don't even know how that was possible. (laughs) Well, I think it's just because, um, which will hop us into our comic book section for this movie. Um, I think it's really because there isn't that much about Richard Dragon. Funny thing, you know, he even exist. (laughs) (laughs) So he does, he does. Um, this movie does not pull from any comic book, but it does introduce all of these characters, as I mentioned. Um, every single one of these characters, except for Bruce, um, was created by Dennis O'Neill and Jim Barry. 
They took on the um, the writer name as the duo of Jim Dennis. This was this movie and this these stories, these characters are created because back in the seventies, I don't know why people were just really into karate. I wasn't around for that, so I I, I, I don't know. But they the um, all the comic books just wanted to introduce more kung fu and karate in their stories. So that's why most of the heroes during the 70s, they were either like martial artists or um, hand to hand or had some connection to hand to hand combat like um, Iron Fist and Luke Cage both coming out in 72. Um, and then next DC's response to that was uh, one Richard Dragon, who was introduced into the world um, in the book called Dragon's Fist Kung Fu Master Richard Dragon in 1974 yeah they were really you might as well call him the immortal iron fist (laughs) yeah um crazy thing though this is there is some confusion about when um he actually did come out because uh dragon's fist kung fu master richard dragon does seem to be the official introduction of first appearance of richard dragon however this book was later adapted into the dc comic series um, before that, it was not a DC series. Now this one is where it's called Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter Number One. <laughs> very, very dramatic titles. Yeah, yeah. Because again, it's the seventies. We got a these were Kung Fu fighters. <laughs> um, so this dropped in May of nineteen seventy five. I haven't really read these because I'm not. I wasn't really too familiar with like Richard Dragon. I knew of Ben Turner as Bronze Tiger and Lady Shiva. But for Richard Dragon, he is from St. Louis, apparently. He was the son of a of a of this man who a rich man possibly that died during the plane crash, leaving him to be an orphan. And with no support, I kid you not, this is not the this is not the immortal Iron Fist story. This is I, leg- <laughs> I was confused. I thought I'd blacked out for a minute because I'm like, aren't you giving me Iron Fist? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the stories are very similar. Um, but in this case, instead of being trapped in a magical land where he has to face a dragon, he actually just gets, um, he turns into a thief and he meets O-Sensei when he's trying to steal a Buddha statue from O-Sensei's place. Oh, that sounds very offensive, uh, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> Um, O-Sensei recognized there was good in him, so he decided to train him for about six to seven years, leading him, leading to Richard Dragon to becoming this, like, really great martial artist. Um, in fact, he even gave Richard Dragon the Dragon Claw, which was a piece of, uh, like, a little stone or something that looked like a Dragon Claw, where, um, which helped, um, Richard to channel his chi to becoming the fighter that he is. Uh, so instead of a tattoo on the chest, we get an actual claw. Okay, sure, yeah, yep. originality, love it. <laughs> um, so he does, you know, he eventually does team up with um, who also gets introduced in that same issue, um, Ben Ben Turner, um, also known as Bronze Tiger. So that's how um, that's Ben's introduction as well as the two of them team up to just do good, um, you know, you could hire them. You could say these, you could hire these heroes. Um, I'm just, Oh my God. So many parallels. 
Like, they didn't even, they were just shameless back then, weren't they? <laughs> Pretty much. But overall, Richard does end up becoming this, like, really great martial arts artist. He ends up actually training Bruce Wayne. Um, he's one of the people credited to um, to Bruce's fighting skills. It earned him the right because Bruce was so proud of his training that he eventually trained um, also in continuity Hella Ber- Helena Bertinelli, who you know is the Huntress. Mm-hmm. He also trained the question. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, question uh, needs to uh, do better. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also trained Cassandra Kane, who you'll know as Orphan or also the second Batgirl. Uh, and his most important suit of all, Andrew, this name might resonate with you. Ricardo Diaz. The dragon? Yes. So you'll remember him for people who are here, don't know. You'll know him from the Arrowverse in the Arrow season six through seven. Um, Ricardo Diaz is actually a student of Richard Dragon. And in the comic, Ricardo Diaz kills Richard to take on the name of the dragon. And he then turns into a crime lord. And just ask for it. (laughs) Can we just share a copyright or like... (laughs) Nah, it's uh, you got to earn the name by by taking life. I see, I see. <laughs> um, other crazy thing about this, uh, this is the biggest change of all, probably our WTF moment. Richard Dragon is not his real name. Richard Dragon is also a white man originally in the comics. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> Red hair. White man learning how to cut, learn kung fu. <laughs> His real name is Richard Drakunovsky. Yeah, he does die in the comics by the hand of Ricardo Diaz, and this leads into. But we do have some of these adventures where he teams up with Bronze Tiger. Like the two of them um, go on a journey. They don't. He doesn't really. Bronze Tiger doesn't actually take down Cobra like he does in the in the movie. He's actually going through the League of Assassins to eventually kidnap him and brainwash him and force him to wear the tiger mask. And that's really how he got the title of Bronze Tiger. And during their journeys, um, a big event that happened was that they were responsible for taking care of um, O-sensei's goddaughter, um, Carolyn Wusan. Uh, she was in New York while while um Richard and Ben were working as teachers in a in a school that they led, um they were charged with taking care of her while she attended NYU. Unfortunately, she does get kidnapped and then killed. So because of that, her sister blames them for her death, and that sister is Lady Shiva. Ah, okay. It's all connected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who was also introduced in the same Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter series. She was introduced in issue number five. Um, I could talk about Lady Shiva, but honestly, there's just so much content out there. So please just watch like Young Justice and um, a lot of Batman stuff from the animated series. But I think the one thing that we that hasn't been covered, but actually, actually, no, sorry, I take that back. But has been covered is that Lady Shiva is um, not only trained Tim Drake, but she's also the mother of Cassandra Kane, a.k.a. Orphan, a.k.a. the second Batgirl. All connected, then. <laughs> <laughs> Batman likes to keep it in the family. It's clean. <laughs> um, some other fun facts about this film. Um, you know, we got some more character introductions as well. I mean, 
We got Jade. You'll know her from as Cheshire from Young Justice and a bunch of other like DC animated content. Um, Rip Jagger. <laughs> Andrew, I think you might love this one the most. Rip Jagger. Oh, God. He's not Rick Flagg, but he does, he is actually supposed to be a very heroic character. And his heroic alter ego, you'll remember from DC's Peacemaker, because he is the original Judo Master. Oh, for a second, I thought you were going to say White Dragon. <laughs> I thought it was going to be real, real on theme today. <laughs> Good. No. Judo Master. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, in this version, he was he was supposed to be good in the in the continuity. Uh, and finally, in today's second WTF in comics, we are introduced also to King Snake. Um, he was the person who was wearing the blindfold in our fight scene today. Um, he is not blind at all. He he does not have he, but he is a very powerful fighter. Um, Sir Edmund Durant. Um, who clearly watched too many seasons of Daredevil, but instead you'll know him as the biological father of the man who broke the bat, Bane. How deep does this crazy tree go down? <laughs> One of these days we're going to do a bat family tree. That's what we need to do. But yeah, that's everything I got on the comic books part for, for us today. Again, there's no comic book story that this is pulling from. There are some little nods and whatnot, like um, in, I think, the second issue of the, um, or either the, intro, the, the fifth issue of Richard Dragon's book, we do learn about Lady Shiva running that, that underground fight club. Um, and there is also a line that gets stated in the um in the second issue but other than that brand new stories nothing nothing that's pulling from this is just a story uh put together by i believe jeff lemire was one of the screenwriters on this um and then bruce tim uh this is one of his movies in which he wanted to dive into the darker side of the justice league so you know we have justice league gods and monsters suicide squad hell to pay this is another one of those darker more adult stories that he wanted to talk about but yeah that wraps up our episode our sweet sour episode of batman soul of the dragon tune in next time for all the flashbacks we'll have to this episode during <laughs> we would you never sure you do that we're never going to we're never going to do another flashback well i don't know what's actually going to happen for our next film because i haven't seen it yet oh now. me either Oh yeah, this is brand new. This is this is it. The season finale of Sweet or Sour, yet another DC animated podcast. So as you know, we're fading to black, but there will be a green light in the distance glowing strongly because we're going to be covering the first Jon Stewart feature film of Green Lantern, Beware My Power. Oh yes. Oh man, I cannot wait. I, I've been waiting for this man to have a movie for quite some time, and finally we have it. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our episode today. Remember to take care of yourselves. And most importantly, please don't cheat in an underground fight club match. I believe that is the second rule of fight club. Yes. And if you have a guy who can turn his hands into snakes on your payroll, send him first. <laughs> 